0: This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and, of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan.
1: Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sippel, Robin Washett, Uh, Gentlemen, we are knee-deep. In spring practice, it's March Madness as well. Great time of year. Uh, Lots to unpack here in the segment we like to call Opening Headlines. We're going to really just stick on spring practice topics here today. And, uh, you know, we got good access, by the way. Um, We're going to be able to see some practice Thursday morning. Uh, We'll not be there Saturday, which is okay, by the way, because I'm coaching Carly's soccer game. Well, thank God. I got my... Soccer coaching debut. <laughs> are you seriously? Saturday morning. Are you the head coach? Um, to, uh, A friend, uh, another dad named Tony. We're going to co-do it. Um, two
2: Italian guys? Two, <laughs> you're not Italian. Um, Sean, are you serious? Yeah. You're the coach? The Ted do you Lass- know anything about soccer? I'm Ted Lasso. No, I'm so Ted do do. Lasso.
1: <laughs> uh, it's... <laughs> That's my inspiration right now. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll be a pretty good coach. So it's we got eleven girls and Just uh get after Saturday yeah, morning. No nonsense. I think Matt Rule kind of said no access because Sean's got to coach that uh soccer yeah. game at Wright Park. Wright <laughs> Park? I might <laughs> slip over there. Twelve. Twelve. I, I think we're like twelve twenty uh <laughs> opening kick, so
2: we're gonna rip you, Sean.
1: But uh we'll be in practice the rest of the way. And let's get to this week's practice uh with Matt Rule. We we got a good chance to talk to the head coach and a lot was said and i think we got to start with the suspensions anthony grant tommy hill out we already know Alante brown not around there were some player departures uh chris hickman which has been speculated on the message board in our site and tunnel talk for months that's official now tyreek johnson now official i don't think anyone really expected him to be back for a six year of college um, and then james carney somewhat of a surprise um just because that hadn't been out there uh-huh. uh, but those three players moved on uh but i think the good news with anthony grant we did see him present at wednesday's pro day
2: yeah so we we're doing this on wednesday we just got into the office from pro day and yeah and it was i thought it was i thought it meant something to see anthony grant there um if it was a we'll, we'll say a bad suspension or something you're really concerned about he might not be at the facility uh, Rule did not characterize it in a bad way. He said he's day-to-day, has to clean up. It sounded to me like he's got to clean up some academics mm-hmm. and there might be something else. So, yeah, it was good to see Anthony Grant. But that was big news. I mean, he's the Nebraska's leading returning rusher, 915 yards. Tommy, Hill's, uh, Tommy Hill is a guy that I would think could compete for a starting cornerback job. He got supplanted last year by Malcolm Hartzog. And I think that was the fourth game, or uh, maybe fifth game. So... Yeah, that was there was a lot. Matt was he rule did reveal quite a bit to us on
3: Monday. Yeah, and just with the grant thing, it wasn't just he wasn't only there. Like he was walking around and mingling with other players. Like he was just was, nothing was even wrong. Or had he, his backpack yeah, on. I mean, had he his school just, pack just looked on. Looked like a regular yeah player at that deal. So seems like that's something that doesn't appear to be a long term concern. There probably just has to get some stuff cleaned out. And I, I know that kind of the. One of the initial reactions to that was, you know, this is maybe a little bit of a tone setting for for Matt Rule that you know it's not just about what are we going to do this spring on the field and in the weight room and, and in workouts. It's you better be taking care of business no favorites. off the field. Yeah, and I don't care who you were, if you're a leading starter, rusher. leading rusher, anything like that. If you're not doing yep. everything that we're asking you to do, there will be consequences.
1: And not to go back on the past, but was that always the case under the previous regime? I mean, could a guy like Maurice Washington? Maybe mm. be given a little bit, you know, mm. a lesser rope. I mean, more rope on things. I mean, was there things like that going on though? Or I mean, was every player kind of held? And I think that's the standard he's trying to set. I don't care if you were the starting running back or the lowest walkout on the roster, you, you're you're going to be held to this standard. You know, Anthony Grant. I think we we know him well enough now. I mean, great guy, great character. When you talk to him, yeah. and you know, he lost his mother and his father within the same year. I mean, he's been through a lot uh, with his Florida State to JUCO to Nebraska, so y- y- you you want to root for Anthony to get back and-, and back on the field,
2: right? And now, I and I appreciate that sentiment. It's a that's a kind sentiment. In a more hardcore sense, this isn't a great time for him to be gone. No. He's in a position that's strong. He has AJ Allen, who AJ Allen, who who's highly regarded in the program, broke his collarbone last year against Oklahoma in the fourth game. But was coming. And that, and I think a lot of people look at A. J. Allen as a guy who could supplant Anthony Grant. And then and then what happens? Rule says of what about Gabe Irvin? He yeah. said he's been one of the best players of the off season. Gabe Irvin, 6 foot, 222 pounds and is one of the fastest players on the team. So, yeah, Anthony Grant might be around cuz he's cuz he's saying I got to get back here. I got to get back here. Think how there.
1: hungry he's going to be to get back. Well, he better
2: be. Have to be hungry, yeah. <laughs> he better be. And and let's face it though, you need a bunch of backs. You do. Look, well, look at Johnson's there too. Amir's there. Emmett Johnson. Emmett Johnson? Yeah. They have some guys. That's a good room. Well, I keep saying it, and I'll keep saying it. it's the best. It's the best group on offense. That's the best group on offense.
1: You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as we talk spring football, opening headlines. Um, what else jumped out to you guys on just the, the first access with Matt Rule? And you know they are going to be morning practices again um, for the foreseeable future. I think the one noticeable thing I, I've seen just looking at past schedules versus new schedules. Um, they are about an hour earlier on everything. They start an hour earlier. They get done an hour earlier. Um, so they will be morning, but it will be a, a cleaner, quicker you know, start and, and finish time.
2: That There's that, and then there are position switches. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You don't always, you know, a lot of teams I don't know. I was watching Jimbo Fisher's press conference the other day, uh, randomly. Um, he's under a lot of pressure, but th- th- he was asked about position switches, and usually teams aren't – there's not a lot of that that goes on. But Matt Matt announced a couple pretty significant ones. Jake Applegate going from uh, edge rusher to tight end. Mm -hmm. Moving sides of the ball is a major change. Applegate is a Lincoln Southeast redshirt freshman, 6'4", up to 237. I liked him in high school as a tight end. Good ball skills, Yeah. Yeah, so that was an interesting one, there. Brody Tagaloa. Yeah, moving side again, a guy moving side tight end to D line. Yeah, which is probably a nod to the lack of depth up front, is my guess.
1: Now, how about this too? Um, it, it didn't get asked to rule, but they have stripped down all the single-digit jersey numbers on the roster. So numbers zero through nine, there is not a player on the Huskers.com roster no longer wearing zero through nine. Why is that? Um, and it's a thing that he did at Temple and Baylor that you have to earn the right to wear those single digits. So Quentin Newsom, veteran corner, number six. He's now number fifteen.
2: Is that right?
1: Yeah. It's it's fascinating. It's it's really yes. interesting to me. Rule has some old school about him, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Joe Paul, He's old school Joe I mean, oh, and they want to be outside a lot. So he said this this jumped out to me too. Our quarterbacks will always throw outside. We will not do things controlled inside. That was fascinating. Yeah. That it little makes sense. bit. Yeah, it does. He just mentioned it in passing.
2: Just no pun intended. But um sorry, Abby. That's why you're um, a world-class writer. <laughs> I mean, he just mentioned it in passing, but I found that fascinating. They will mm-hmm. the quarterbacks will always throw outside when they're doing meaningful passing. It'll be outside That sounds like indoors. Osborne
1: almost.
3: Yeah,
2: because he wants, he, he wants to throw the ball through the
3: wind, he said. Yeah. That's fast, that stuff fascinates and me. And, again, in this conference, like that, uh, it's just one of those things that you're just like, well, why have we They've always been doing that? Right. It like, just seems like something that is super practical. But going back to the number thing, so that goes back to even before he was at Temple, he apparently took that from Al Golden when he was working at Miami. And the idea is to give it one through nine, numbers one through nine, to the toughest players on the roster so it's not just the best players i think it's the guys that that earn it with toughness which obviously God. matt rule has been harping on since day one
1: and look at the roster right here you, you see it starts at number 10 that's old
2: school isn't that that strikes me as old school now mm-hmm.
1: now i have to do some thinking like who are the players that got kind of hosed out of their number i mean quentin Newsom was the one that immediately are They still did. gonna do zeros like, that was jacques yan and, and tommy, tommy hill. hill those were the two zeros on the roster
2: well that's interesting I mean, I heard Deion Sanders talking about the similar thing. Uh, he these kids. He said Dion. De- De- no D-lineman. Sa- Deion Sanders says kids w- come in want number one. He said you don't get number one. Mm-hmm. You know why do you, would you think you're going to get number one right out of high school? When you haven't played at all. I mean, so it's a similar line of
1: thinking. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that, I really it, do. It. And he didn't even announce. It just kind of. I mean that it's you know rule will give you a lot but you have you have to get it out of him like he wasn't just going to offer that to us he didn't offer chris hickman necessarily and some of these guys out you know that that they were gone um he did give the suspension information but he will tell you it if you ask him but you know you, you've got to at least i think that will be one of the questions i believe we talked to rule Next week. We won't talk to him Thursday. Right. So that'll be an interesting thing from him just to say, hey, what's the deal with the single digits?
3: Oh, I'd like to hear about that, yeah. The other thing you talked about were the quarterbacks. Uh, as expected, neither Casey Thompson or Logan Smothers are throwing mm-hmm. at all. Uh, but he did mention, speaking of quarterbacks, that this was as good of a quarterback room as he's ever been a part of.
1: That's, I know. Is I that mean, some? Well, there's
3: six scholarship quarterbacks yeah, on so campus. Just by volume maybe, but like – I don't know. I don't know. He those some
2: I good mean, ones. Uh, Rob, those guys are
1: pretty good. Two twenty-plus game Power Five starters, right? Logan Smothers and Chubba Purdy have started Power Five games.
2: Yeah. Now I'm talking. When I say those guys are pretty good, I mean the top two, and and I don't mind saying that about Sims because he's he, there's film. Yeah. I mean, I've seen him. I've seen him play. He can play. He's pretty mm-hmm. good. Rules said he. I mean, rules mentioned the NFL, um, in discussing Sims and Casey. You saw Casey. I mean. Casey Thompson was a, a bright spot last year for Nebraska and a very tough, it's arguably year. their
3: best player. Yeah, I don't know if that's even much of an argument. Well, Trey, yeah, Trey Palmer. Yeah, but what was Trey without Casey Thompson? Right, not yeah, not much. <laughs> Good point, Robin. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's one of the, Yeah, I'd say it's one of those two on offense. One of those two on
3: offense. All right. Well, we
1: have a full show on tap. A pro day was this week, as you heard Tip say. Uh, we want to come back. We're going to talk more about Nebraska's pro day, what we learned. From that, next, you're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right a company that sells phones, wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us.
0: You're listening to the Husker online show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back
1: here on the Husker online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sippel, Robin Washington, always some good laughs off air here, but uh, <laughs> gentlemen, uh, pro day was on Wednesday and that was interesting just to kind of see, you know, kind of every, just to be a fly on the wall, which we were. We were a very high up fly on the wall um, and the balcony kind of watching from afar. But um, it was divided up into two separate pro days. You had the Nebraska pro day, then the small college pro day was after. They used to merge those all into one. So I wonder if that was a decision made by the pro scouts to go that way or maybe Matt Rule. Could have been. Um, to say, hey, we're going to give you your own pro day after our pro day. Yeah. Um, we don't want you to disrupt maybe the pace of our deal. Um, but big day for Garrett Nelson, Caleb Tanner, uh, Oliver Martin, by the way, uh, 11'2 broad and a 41-inch vertical. Um, so you had some guys make some marks. But let's start with Garrett Nelson. And you wrote about that on Wednesday, Sid.
2: Well, Garrett was happy with the way it turned out today. He didn't get invited to the NFL scouting combine, um, which was earlier this month. In indie, and that was, he, and that clearly bothered him. I mean, it was not a good day for him to 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 find out that he hadn't been invited to that. Um, so this was big. I mean, there's, and he he, you know what? There's no doubt there was pressure, but he he handled it with a mindset of I'm grateful to be able to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to go work out with my teammate, former teammates in front of 32 NFL scouts and I you watched him I mean we don't know the time he ran in a 40 but it looked good he looked powerful running the 40 he, he's really good in short uh short area type drills cone drills um I, he was in great shape I think you know I, now I don't know if Garrett Nelson will get drafted but if he does but if he doesn't it probably won't be because he didn't do well today I think he I thought it looked good. I thought that picture looked good today. And I'd say otherwise. But I thought he looked powerful running the 40. That's that's what came to mind, powerful.
3: Mm-hmm. And, you know, the guys I talked to, Trey Palmer, um, start off, obviously he caught a lot of attention during the combine, running the fastest 40 of any receiver. But he pump a 4-3-3? Four, three, four, three? Three, three. Three, three in Indy. of any receiver. Uh, I think it was like 4 34th, fastest overall. Um, but so – Clearly, uh, didn't have to prove a lot. So he didn't run the 40. He didn't do the broad jump, but he wanted to showcase his versatility is what he said. He wanted to run routes and do the shuttle and show that he's not just a straight line track guy that yeah. he can play football. And so, um, you know, it was funny. We asked, asked about the 40 and, you know, if he was happy with the four, three, three says, no, I was mad at it. I wanted to run a four, two. So, um, clearly that was his focus during this process. And now the pro day is in the books. Um, I think then he can start to focus on the actual draft, meet with teams. Um, while he was in Lincoln uh, for the pro day, he talked to the Giants and the Falcons before he met with us. And after he was walking away, a scout from the Jaguars wanted to talk to him too. So that communication is going to ramp up, I'm sure, for him. And you know, as we've seen, he's a guy that could potentially be a day two pick. Yeah. When all said and done, and you know, with with performances that he did in Indy, and I'm sure he followed that up with good numbers that um, pro day. Uh, I think he's got he's an interesting prospect to watch who uh I've already seen reports that the Denver Broncos are very seriously looking at him so hmm. there's several teams that are already starting to kind of sniff around to see what he's all about.
2: Yeah, his his deal is I mean obviously it's speed. And but he's got good hands. I mean he had you know a little a few drops but not nothing ma- major. He's a good receiver. What he'll have to prove to some people is he's physical enough. Mm-hmm. He's he's not He's not particularly big. Can he can he negotiate NFL traffic? Catch the ball in traffic? You know, on a kind of slant route when a big corner's across from you and ha- and puts hands on you. Can he? Can he? Will he be disrupted? He's not the most. He's not that physical. So I, that's what I want to see. But nah, man, I'll tell you what, Sean, Sean will talk about this. He is ultra confident, and that helps
1: a lot. Oh, I mean, from the minute I met Trey Palmer. I told you right away, God, this is about the most confident guy I've ever dealt with in my time around Nebraska. And I mean, he he was going back and forth with me just because he was that competitive. Like he's like, I'm gonna cut it up with you because I'm just I just wanna I mean he he's a dog. Like he wants to always compete, be the best. He's hungry and there's no way anybody could have predicted the year he had. Seventy-three catches, I think he had. A school record. Yeah. Second receiver to get a thousand. One
2: thousand forty-three history. yards. I think that was the number. Mm-hmm. Seventy-three, one thousand forty-three. I think those are the numbers. Yeah, those that that's big numbers now.
1: Especially when the offense didn't really have much else. Right.
3: I mean yeah, that was without Casey Thompson for an expir- extended period of time mm-hmm. where. That quarterback situation was a real problem, mm-hmm. and yet he still had the best season the a Nebraska wide receiver has ever had. Mm-hmm.
1: Now I, I think I'll be curious. Like this year, can they get a receiver at Nebraska around a thousand? We don't. I mean, could a Billy Kemp or a Marcus Washington or somebody get to a thousand? But that record might stand for a long. They don't. Time. I, they don't have speed like Trey.
3: Yeah, I know. They don't. They don't have the that yards guy. after contact. I don't know if. Or yards after catch, that's what I meant. You think yeah, about yards S- after catch. That's Samori, the big
1: Torre, one. Trey Palmer. I mean, that's as fast of a combo of receivers as Nebraska's ever had. Well, back-to-back,
2: those guys were strong. Tor- Torre had 49 catches. He didn't have nearly as – he wasn't as
1: productive but as – But he was the best yards per right. catch guy. Per yeah, day. he was up in that 20 range per catch. Didn't he have the most, like, 50-plus yard mm-hmm. receptions in college football that it's, year? That's
2: interesting, isn't it? Both those guys are transfers, one-year guys. I mean that those that's who's led that's who's and Billy led Kemp Nebraska. might do it again this year. Yeah, that's who's led Nebraska in receiving the last two years transfers, one year guys, and Kemp could be three straight years of that. I don't know if that's good or bad or otherwise, um, but it's it, it sort of it, it's sort of interesting. And Sean I, and Rob, I bet that's what happens. I think Kemp is here; he's the odds-on favorite to he's lead. He's
1: the most targets, I think. Yeah, um, and you brought this up, Sip, and Robin, and I'd be curious your take, but. The biggest glaring thing about Pro Day, no true offensive linemen there. Mm. And no really – I mean, you had O'Shawn and Garrett Nelson as kind of edge guys. Edge guys. But no true D linemen. It's not good. Devin Drew wasn't there. Come on. It's not good. Just Um, say it. And then Brock Bando was not there. Hickson. Hickson was not there. So, like, you know, their outgoing linemen didn't even consider the pros. Yeah. And I'm not this. I'm not dogging on it, it, Hicks it, it, or Bando. I'm not doing that. That's not their fault. But to win in this league, you you better have a lot of linemen at your pro days.
3: Yeah, you think just more a reflection of having zero draft prospects on either side of the interior line of scrimmage. And I mean, a lot of that is on the offensive line. They have so many guys coming back. So I mean, like just sheer class breakdown wise, they didn't have guys that were even ready to go. But uh, you know, when when you have Zero on either side of the ball, side. Uh, outside of a couple edge guys. That's a problem. No, it is. That,
2: Matt Rule. I mean, you if you're a Nebraska fan, you you just have to pray that he upgrades that part. I mean, and he's talked about it. I'm confident he will because he's addre- he addressed it right out of the gate. Now, on the other hand, it's not like they went out and got transfer enough. I don't think they got enough beef from the portal. They needed one more offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. They needed a, another defensive lineman. I, I mean, Elijah Judy was a big get, and that Ben Scotts; those are big gets. But you needed more. You needed one more on each side, I think.
1: All right, when we come back, we're going to talk Nebraska basketball, uh, the season in the books, what's next for Fred Hoiberg's squad once again. And this is really everywhere in college basketball. Lots of roster questions and other things moving forward. Robin Washett's going to unpack all of that next here.
0: You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, Nebraska
1: basketball in the books now, the season. And uh, Robin wasn't on our spring football preview show last week so really this is a first time sip we get to unpack with robin and start to look ahead um, roster attrition robin uh, let's start there first uh, update us on who in terms of not the seniors but what players at this point have already gone to the transfer
3: portal yeah they have two transfer departures um, neither of them overly surprising uh, the first was Oleg koyanets the redshirt freshman center um he, played sparingly especially when blaze kata uh was out with those ankle injuries you know he kind of got forced in the rotation a little bit and showed some flashes i mean for being seven foot with his coordination and i guess just offensive skill he was a guy that you could maybe talk yourself into as a long-term project But you know a lot of times guys don't want to sit around for three or four years and be a project you know they want to go somewhere they can play Mm. and get on with their career that's just the nature of the business so mm-hmm. um that wasn't much of a surprise and then denim dawson was shortly after the redshirt freshman forward um who started several games earlier in the year after cj wiltshire stepped out of the starting lineup and again showed flashes of potential um you know he had show, showcases athleticism with some highlight dunks and blocks and layups that uh, you you thought there was something to work with there, especially with the way that he played defense. He was one of their better defensive players, which vaulted him into the lineup after Jawan Gary got hurt. So, um, but again, it was one of those situations where he was just kind of a tweener. He wasn't big enough to play the four, wasn't skilled enough offensively to be a guard, and so like you just kind of had a trouble figuring out what his long term path was in this lineup. And you know, again, when you're constantly trying to out-recruit guys uh, in the portal, maybe it was a situation where are like, hey, Denham, we might not be able to guarantee uh, the types of minutes. And it might be looking a little bit more like last season ended where you were hardly even in the, ro- in the rotation. So, um, not again, none of those were big shocks, but I still think that there's probably some more movement that's eventually going to happen. Um, I, I believe hmm. all the one-on-one meetings have happened. Now it's just a matter of guys kind of going back and talking with their family and, and their people about, what's best for them. But um, right now they have four open scholarships with the three senior departures and then uh, Dawson and Koyanets. Uh, they have one 2023 signee in Eli Rice uh, okay. from IMG Academy. So currently four, I would imagine when all said and done, they will have to fill five to six spots. And what, what's the priority, Rob? Priority. It depends on who you ask. Uh, yeah. I, I put point guard and center at one a one B and you can flip those However you see fit, because you lose Sam Griesel and you lose Derek Walker, two arguably of your most important players. So um, those are priority positions in the portal. Um, And we'll see kind of which legitimate targets emerge. I would imagine when we get closer to around Final Four time, you'll start to see a little bit more clarity as far as potential targets go, Um, you know. Right now, it's just the reaching out period where they're making calls, doing Zooms. Um, you know, so you see all these tweets about Nebraska is reaching out to so-and-so. Well, so is like the entire country right now. So that you just take it for surface level Is Nebraska doing its due diligence, laying the groundwork on potential portal options. But once you start getting visits set up, then you know it's for real. Because with transfer recruiting, it's so much different, as we know than high school recruiting to where guys aren't just going to go through and take all five officials and enjoy the process. They're they're done with that. They don't have time to do that uh, because spots fill up fast. So if they take the time and effort to come to Lincoln on an official visit, that shows you there is significant mutual interest. And Nebraska's success rate on closing on transfers once they get to campus is very high. So once the visits start getting set up, that's when you can kind of start to uh, jump ahead and start picturing lineups. So we'll, we'll, we should know that within the next couple of weeks.
1: Robert, I'm curious are you, are you been have any of the coaching movement around the country um, got, gotten your attention, Rick Patino going to St. John's yeah. um, Ed Cooley leaving Providence <laughs> to go to Georgetown. Um, Notre Dame still has not named a coach, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys that we're interested in that have been mentioned for Notre Dame. Bobby Hurley's re-signed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hurley staying at Arizona State um, was big. Re-upped at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Um, not Mike necessarily. Michael
3: Shrewsbury at Penn State has been talked about a lot. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, his name has been linked there. It was linked to Providence, Georgetown. So he's a hot commodity. You know You know
2: who else is linked to that job?
3: Who? McDermott. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> I mean, if, if,
2: if now if you're a Creighton fan, that that would concern you.
1: And they're going to probably beat Princeton.
2: Yeah, probably. I
1: mean, the, that's the largest point spread of yeah, any game. You you would, I think assume. it's eleven. The last time in the I saw. Sweet Sixteen
3: games, it's the biggest spread. Yeah, you said a couple teams should have beaten Princeton, though. But you know, we'll see. I, I expect them to win, so I don't think anything happens on that until obviously the season's over. But certainly, you know, something... I mean, there's a lot of rumors out there. Um, I know uh, that irritates people to talk about that around here but uh yeah so the coaching cycle i'm i'm as far as like the big 10s concerned the shrewsbury one is is That's interesting really want to watch because he's done a fantastic job yeah. at penn state and like a lot of times i especially at the big 10 tournament when i was watching them i was thinking to myself I was like man these guys are what fred hoiberg wanted nebraska to be to where they play this five out nba style offense they're loaded with shooters yeah, they, they have they're a guard-dominant team that, uh, you know, just has a lot of tough dudes. They and, are tough. And they, they play, East Coast guys. They play together well as a team. And so, like, they do. that picture of what they were at the end of this season, like that I think ideally when Fred took this job, that's what he wanted Nebraska to be, and it's it, you know, taken them much longer to get it to that point.
2: I think what you'd say about Shrewsbury is he squeezed all he could out of that team. He did. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got – They're losing get, a lot. Yeah, getting to the second round and pushing Texas, and they pushed Texas. I didn't think they were good enough to beat Texas. I knew they were good enough to push them, but yeah, they're I mean, they were interesting. And Shrewsbury clearly knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, a, be, he's uh, an Indiana guy too, so yeah. Notre Dame. makes Yeah, sense. it'd be unfortunate for the Big Ten to lose him. I think mm-hmm. I'd like to see Penn State. It'd be if you're a Penn State fan, you'd like to see that program grow under him. Mm-hmm. You know,
3: instead of – in his second year, he's already gone, mm-hmm. you know. You just wonder what, what that – the appeal of that job, though, is compared to a job like Notre Dame in it's terms of su- NIL support. I mean, you're yeah. out you're of football school. That's, yeah. that's what it comes down to.
1: Yeah. And speaking of the Big Ten, Robert, I'm curious your take on this. I mean, obviously the Big Ten tied the SEC with eight bids. Only Michigan State, a seven seed, makes the second week in Indiana – and Purdue were both projected to be second-weekend teams, didn't make it, no other upsets besides Michigan State. What is your big-picture take on just where the Big Ten is at? We know they're good at getting bids, but they're just not good at winning in this tournament.
3: Yeah, and it's been a problem for this league for a long time, I mean, 20 years since its last national champion. Michigan State. Yeah, so, I mean, like – it's, it's been an ongoing issue where you know they can be the regular season darlings all year long and talk about how great it's a 10 bid league 11 bid league all that sort of stuff but when it comes down to the what matters the most and winning in the tournament they, like weekend they, they, they they'd only lose but they lose in embarrassing fashion i mean that purdue loss was embarrassing uh, i mean like that, that that can't happen to what is supposed to be your strongest program in the league and so you know it's just a continuation where If it weren't for Tom Izzo being the best coach in March, uh, the Big Ten would be in an even worse spot right now. So I think the over under what was it like eight and a half wins for the Big Mm Ten over the course of the tournament? I think if Michigan State like goes to the national championship, then like they might break the over. They might break the over. I, I I do the math on that right. So it's it's an issue. Um, you can talk about the style of play, the dependence on bigs the, the, as opposed the to guards. The regular season the way the games tournament. are officiated. You know, I mean, there's there's all sorts of theories, but I mean, it's gone on for such a long time that if there was an easy easily identifiable issue, it would have been addressed right now. And yeah. it's not like teams. It's like this plotting league. I mean, Michigan no. State they get out and run. Penn yeah. State gets out and run. I mean, yeah, like you got teams that play with tempo. Iowa and so like. I it's think not, it, there's it's a misconception not that explain. it's like this big, like, you know, heavyweight boxing fight. Like, I think it's just an issue of uh, the totality of the regular season, and you know, I, maybe, maybe. I mean, the Big East and Big
2: Twelve, and, and the have way tough, it's tough. officiated. Yeah,
3: the big,
2: the, the big. I would say the Big East and Big Twelve are very tough. They, they're tough. Reg, tough. It's a leagues. physical league, right? I I don't know what it is, Rob. I don't think it's no. easily explained.
1: Seeding no. matters too, though, and, and the Big Ten only had. I mean, Indiana was a four. And Purdue was a one. What those was
2: Northwestern? Were, oh, they were like a,
1: that was they were a six or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, or, yeah, Or seven. I mean. Yeah. It's they, they, pop, pop. So, like, you only had two teams carry a top four seed, which by the metrics, those are Sweet 16 teams. You've got to get, like, the Big East had Providence, or Xavier and and or Xavier and, um, Marquette, and Marquette got beat. But they, they had, you know, the, your second place team in the Big Ten should be better than a four seed. Like your second place team needs to be a two or a three. Okay. And then you start getting some twos and threes. That's how you get. But when you're buried in these six through 11 seeds. Sean, I don't know.
2: I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from, but the seeds to me, the, the, What's happened nationally? I've been r- interested. In what Rob says about this, I, when I watch this tournament, I'm sort of taken aback by how even it, mm-hmm. that the, the the distribution of talent parity has
3: never been greater in college. So, basketball.
2: Sean, that's why I, I kind of push back on the seed thing. I don't. Okay, I'll give you an example. Kansas State three seed, Kentucky six. I thought Kentucky was more talented than Kansas State. Okay, Kansas State three seed, Kentucky. Yeah, people acted like that was an upset. Kentucky six. I thought. I thought Kentucky was more talented. Hmm. They had well. Let's put it this way: they had the National Player of the Year, mm-hmm. Oscar Schwieber, and Quezon Wallace. Mm-hmm. I thought those were the two best players on the court. You could do that. You could play that game in a lot of instances. Do Tennessee? Yeah, those. I don't, Sean. I don't. I, I don't think the seed matters. I don't know. It's not easily explained what's going on with the Big Ten. Rob, you mentioned guards. Well, Penn State had a great guard. I mean, the, a great guard. In say his name.
3: Uh. Jalen Pickett.
2: Yeah, Jalen Pickett. Maryland has a great guard. I I mean, a great guard. They had a great Mm inside-outside game. It's I don't know. Now, Purdue, on the other hand, Jaden Smith, seven turnovers in that first-round loss. They didn't have a good guard. They had a great big.
3: Before we run out of time here, uh, Nebraska's hosting a four-star guard on an official visit Monday and Tuesday. Uh, stories on Husker Online. I don't think either of you guys have retweeted it yet. So (laughs) we're in the show right now. (laughs) Well, what's his name? Nick Janowski's from Wisconsin and uh, Wisconsin people love this guy. He's a three-time state champ, averaged over 20 a game, uh, shot 41.6% from three-point range, 55% from the field, He's a dude. He's a winner. Okay. And you talk to you know guys like Andy Kendi, who's a Wisconsin native. That's, he's from Andy's hometown. Matt Reynolds, our former intern, is a reporter up in Green Bay. They absolutely love him. So uh, a very notable official visit. 2024 recruit, so obviously for, for next season. But we're in the middle of the portal recruiting, but Nebraska's staff is already putting the effort towards continuing yeah. to build for the future. So one to watch there. All
1: right. When we come back,
3: we'll take questions
1: in the mailbag. Abby Barmore will join us. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This
0: is Husker Online, your authority
1: on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sippel, Robin Wachette. Let's bring in now the world-famous Abby Barmore, who is knee-deep herself in WNIT coverage as uh, Amy Williams' team staying alive still. But uh, lots to get to in the mailbag. Abby, where are you going to start us off at this week?
4: All right. first one. After hearing praise about Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson, along with Anthony Grant's suspension, how do you see the running back room shaking out?
1: I mean, it's very early still. That's the hard thing, but I think Anthony Grant's going to have to re-earn everything. And I think Gabe Irvin has kind of put himself back into the 2021 version of Gabe Irvin. And AJ Allen, we know what this kid has. I mean, it, it is very hard to call this room right now. Yeah, Ramir. Don't forget Ramir. I mean, Ramir. Ramir. By the way, I get hammered for Kese Tomanaga. Yeah. You get hammered for Ramir. Ramir was the leading rusher in 2000. Ramir Johnson
2: was the leading rusher in 2021, right? Um, He was. And he's back as a full-time running back. Um, don't forget about him, but I, it's it's a, it is a hard call. Now most positions when a new coaching staff become pretty much wide open, yeah. and this this one will. It's it's hard to handicap, but they practiced once. Um, A.J. Allen is is really. Uh, intriguing. He's really intriguing. Based on what we saw, his ascension through four games last year, he could run away with it. He's smooth. I mean, that's a smooth running back. He knows how to play the position. But but I, you cannot rule out Anthony Grant. He yeah. ran for 915 yards last year.
3: Yeah. And as we t- talked about, like, it's just a lot of it for now depends on how much time he misses. I mean, how yeah. long is the suspension going to be? If he's back next practice, then, you know, I'm sure he's right back in the thick of it. So we'll, well see. He's well, he's in see. the thick of it no yeah. matter what. Right? But I mean, like, how much. Catching up is he going to have to right. do if he does miss extended yeah, play. no absolutely, absolutely.
4: All right, next one. Who is in the starting rotation for the defensive line? And do the Huskers have enough depth to compete at that position for a grueling fall season? Oh, that's
1: a great question. Ty Robinson, Nash Hutmacher,
3: um, and Stefan Wynn. Wynn.
2: Stefan Wynn, you wonder about Raquan Buckley. Um who else, Sean, And that who's in that group, Rob?
3: Gunnerson. Um, Are we considering him and Edge.
1: Yeah, so I, I kind of tuned up the scholarship chart a little bit because they've eliminated the Knicks and the Edge, mm-hmm. um, and they just have DL LB safety and corner. Cor- oh, DL. we didn't mention Elijah Judy.
2: So th- so there you go. It's Stefan Wynn. Who's the starters? My guess. Ty Robinson,
1: Nash, Huttmacher. Let's say they're in, okay, and then, and then so Stephon it'll be junior Wynn or Win, Judy. Those yeah. those four guys. Yeah. I Gunnerson. Um, well, I mean, Gunnerson Kai, Kai Whalen is a is a wild card. Yeah. Now, wait a second, though. Now, what gets interesting, what gets
2: confusing, I'm sure to people, is Stephon wins a 300 pounder, Hutmacher's a 300 pounder, Robinson's a 300 pounder, Judy's a 290 pounder. K. Wall two thirty five. Mm. Gunnarson's probably two fifty. So I don't know. It just depends how uh, what's it going to look like in a three three five. I don't know how exactly how they're gonna how they're gonna use those positions. But as far as Bigs, we'll just call them Bigs, like Rob does in basketball. They don't have enough Bigs. The two eighty plusers No, they don't. They, they don't, don't have, enough. have enough. They don't. They frankly don't. And it's a it's frankly a a major concern mm. in my opinion. It seems like a
3: portal priority post spring. If they guess can get what, one. that's
1: everyone's. Yeah, I know. Priority. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what do you need in the portal? A pass rusher, a D line body, and a tackle. Yeah, almost any year you need big a big defensive lineman. Yep. You can find receivers, running
2: Stop. backs. It's super saver. I mean, the, yeah. you don't find, you know, how,
3: how many guys are 6'4, 290 are at your grocery mm. store every day? You don't see them. It's just like bigs in basketball. Yeah. I mean, every team in the country wants yeah. them. You can find guards anywhere. Yeah. No, they're light there. They're light.
1: All right, Abby, what's next?
4: Try to take us through how you think this big recruiting weekend is going to go, this upcoming weekend, and how will that go down with so many high profile visitors in town?
1: It's huge. I mean, you have 25 plus guys with offers, I believe 16 or four or five stars, seven players are the number one ranked players in their prospective states um, coming in this weekend.
2: How about that? Now, here's the deal. I listened to Jerome Tang the other day, basketball coach at Kansas State, say, oh, everybody talks about coaching. It's about dudes. I heard uh, Bill Bush the other day saying, you know, everybody talks about scheme magicians, scheme magicians. you got to get a guy that has a, a good scheme. No, it's about dudes. Scheme, I heard Jimbo Fisher yesterday at his press conference saying, it's not about scheme. It's about players and execution and execution. you got to get guys like Rule knows it. He knows what, what you got to do to win a championship. you got to go get big-time players, which that's what they're bringing in. This weekend. Yeah, it's
1: a mixed bag. I mean, Williams and Noarney, the number one player in Missouri, a five-star D lineman. Um, But Brandon Baker, that's probably, I think, nationally the one that's the most surprising to a lot of folks. Position. Number one offensive tackle in the country. There you go. Modern day, California. There you go. I mean, everybody nationally thought that this guy was going to visit Ohio State or even Texas this weekend. He's coming to Nebraska. That's Um, big. Nathaniel Frazier will be here as well. The number one running back, his teammate. Uh, but you look at Brandon Baker. I look mean, at him. This is this is a you know as big time of a lineman that's visited Lincoln in a long time.
2: Yeah, that's the kind of guys you see at Ohio State and Michigan, uh, right? And what was Michigan's
1: strongest position group? Well, they had the Outland Trophy winner, who by the way came from the transfer portal. Right,
2: and uh, their offensive line. Line and well, both. I teams. mean, and who's who, who's a lot who's a lot of people picking to win a national title this year?
1: Michigan.
3: Michigan are bringing everybody back. Yeah. Ohio so State's good up front, everybody. Yeah, yeah.
1: Good. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in excited. I'm intrigued. Um, you'll have a lot of guys here this weekend, and some key in-state guys too, like Carter Nelson's back again. Caleb Benning's here. Um, so you'll have Big. a mixed bag of everything. Abby, what's next?
4: I know you just listed a lot of guys that are coming in this next weekend, but who do you think is the most important non-quarterback visitor that's coming to Nebraska? I um,
2: just said it, Sean.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of went through a lot of the weekend itself, but I want to go through the actual list here. I know we're going to talk more about it in our next segment, so I don't want to give too much away in this mailbag, but, I mean, you can make a case for all of them. Um, You know, the, the St. Louis, Ryan Wingo being from St. Louis, it's been a long time since the top St. Louis guys come to Nebraska. I do think they've made a really big effort. You heard Matt Rule say Kansas City, Missouri, they flew the plane down to speak at the coaches' clinic. I, mean, I think they're really trying to make a push. And Trev Alberts has given them the support they need because uh, Matt Rule can't drive back and forth. He I mean, when you're managing the team in no. Lincoln and doing everything, you know, it's, it's, that, that's too much time that's for him. Time, yeah. But they, they can fly down and fly back, and he was able to really make an impact. And I think you know they're going to get a lot of these guys here on campus um, you know, from Missouri, from Kansas, um, and, and that's going to be big.
2: You like to see that big body receiver. I mean, that's that's another thing in a Big Ten. It helps. It helps.
1: Jacob and Jared Smith, too, the twins um, from Cheshire Academy in Connecticut. Cheshire, Connecticut, um, both defensive linemen guys that will be here as well. Uh, All right, Abby, I think we have time for one more.
4: All right, our last question. So Wednesday was Nebraska's pro day. Do you have a favorite pro day memory or something that really yeah, sticks I do. out to you?
2: Watching Randy Gregory work out um, 2014. I'd never seen a Nebraska player, and, I, you know, I covered my share of pro days. I'd never seen a Nebraska player look that good. He had gotten himself right. Now now then he fell off shortly mm-hmm. after that. He got in some trouble. But he had got himself right for pro day, and I, I, I don't even – I mean, I just felt – I just remember feeling really bad for the people that had to follow him in drills because yeah. you, I did. I yeah. mean, cause you had some no good matter players.
3: what your performance oh, is going God. to be Overshoot. totally unimpressive. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, remember Randy, what, what was he, Sean? Was he six, five, six, six, um, using a 240 245 yeah. range. And he was going to be a top five pick. I mean, he was well, that's, he's still
1: playing for a reason. Right
2: now, now, now what we're talking about is a guy who was going to be a top five overall. And that's what it should look like. And that's what it did look like.
3: He was a, 65 235 yeah, 34 inch arms 10 inch hands. yeah I'll never Now 440 four, I get into it 36 with, and a half vert
2: me and Damon have got into it I've got into it with other guys who, who who's the best pass rusher at Nebraska you've ever seen it. you know they naturally those older guys are coming with Wistrom Wistrom yeah now Wistrom didn't look like that I mean and, now Wistrom was great but if I if I'm lining him up on pro day I'm taking Gregory.
3: The fact that Randy Gregory is still in the NFL despite oh, all of his all the baggage, field, that says everything you need to know. Yeah. Where NFL teams are willing to put up and wait through all that stuff to, until he gets his stuff figured out, that is a look at that sheer picture. reflection of talent.
2: Yeah, you're right. Look at that photo. I mean, he didn't always look like that at Nebraska. He, he got himself in premium shape for that day.
1: Remember that yeah. Miami game in Lincoln? That's pro day. They had, they that's had a first round draft pick tackle at Miami and, and he just ate that guy's lunch yeah in that's that game
2: right. that's right
1: but uh, my pro day memory um, obviously in Dominican Sue's pro day yeah. which would have been in 2010 that was, an event. Um, that was a big deal but you know go back to 2011 that was really the last time you know that was the last team Nebraska had that has been in the top five they were okay. in the top five in fact, since the 01 Colorado game slash Miami games to end that okay. year yeah there's only been a couple of weeks where Nebraska has been ranked in the top five I think one week total and it was that team 2011 the 2010 team 2010 team okay um but the 11 pro day had seven draft picks uh, Who were Pr- they? Prince Mukamara, Roy Hallu Alex Henry Dijon Gomes uh Niles Paul Keith Williams, who now works at Nebraska, and Eric Haig. Think about that. Ballers. Seven draft picks. Yeah, not mm. a lot of not a lot of big dudes in and there. You, and people were like, man, those Bo team. I mean, they, they had some good teams back then. Oh, they did. Now, a lot of those were Callahan t- guys. Yeah. Bo, Bo did develop Hague. Mm-hmm. Um He, he brought, developed Sue. He, he brought in Gomes. You know, he was a big believer in Roy Hallou from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Prince of Mukamara, who knows how he would have developed under the other other staff. Marvin Sanders did a great job with him, but... Seven draft picks in that twenty eleven
3: pro day. Mm. Seven, seven. What was the year? So here's a different one, and you guys might be able to help me out. I can't remember who the player was, but it was like I want to say like late two thousands, early two thousand tens, where he had his kid with him, and he brought his kid and sat him up next to him, and you know they're asking like, so how'd, how'd you do in pro days? Like I don't know, ask him. How how how'd dad do in his pro day? And the kid goes, Dad didn't do very well. Like. <laughs> Now I'm confused. Who, now, now I'm Dude. trying to remember. Kevin Suits and I were talking about that today. I don't remember. Sean, how do you and know We were trying that? to think of who we like, – I want to say it was around like the Brandon Kinney era. I don't think it was Brandon Kinney. Ooh, it could have been Brandon Kinney, though. Was the guy drafted? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, clearly, he didn't do very well in his pro day. But like that that stuck. That's, yeah, that's – I forgot about that until uh Suitsy reminded yeah, me of yeah, that Yeah, yeah, I don't
2: remember that.
1: It might not have been Back there. in the 90s, like did you go to all those pro days or was it kind it of just – seems
2: like it, yeah. Seems like The
1: pre-internet era. Yeah,
2: it was pre-internet era, so it was a little different. A little less pressure. A little less pressure, um, but way, I mean, come on, the talent. We don't have to get into that. It was ridiculous. I mean, I think the 95 team had 19 guys sure. on defense that played in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, just on defense. Not all draft picks, but if you look at the depth, if you look at the tackle chart, I think you'd come, you could come up with 18 guys.
1: All right, we're going to come back. We're going to close the show. Uh, we're going to talk more about this recruiting weekend and what it means to Matt Rule next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. That's incredible.
0: This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve
1: Sipple, Robin Washett, um, Guys, we, we hit on the recruiting weekend a little bit in our last segment, but let's close on that topic with Nebraska uh, right now, according to our on-three list, we have 26 unofficial visitors coming in for the weekend. I believe 16 or four or five stars right now. Um, it's really incredible. I mean, I, I think um, this recruiting weekend is going to get the attention of just about everyone nationally. It's going to be the story. Now, Brian Munson did a really good job in three and out this week. Okay. You know, to kind of just preference. I think people are like, oh, lots of – they're not going to be a lot of commits. A lot of these guys, this is maybe visit number one, visit number two. It's before official business season starts. A lot of these guys, I think the key is can you get them to come back? Mm -hmm. That is what you need to watch for. If this goes well, can Matt Rule get some of these key guys that are here for the very first time in their life to come back? Okay. So you're not, you're not just so you're on the record here saying you don't expect like a, a long line of commits or any commits? Well, it's just, not the norm for high profile, right? Like if yeah. you have the leverage on a kid, you could, you could kind of force their hand, but in, in a weekend like this, I don't really, I got you're, it. You're not in a position to tell Dylan Raiola. No. he has got to commit. No. Or Williams, Noarney or I mean, you, you want them to get comfortable with you to build relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's the key.
2: Yeah. That's it's Brian
3: huge. put it at, uh, his percentage of getting a commitment this weekend, 20%, 20. Okay. So just a single commitment the percentage I put on this weekend leading to a commitment is only about 20%. But I don't want to diminish the weekend. A lot of it's just it? the caliber of players. Right. I mean, these guys are going to go through the process. they are right. getting offers from everybody. And Rule has said it,
2: you know, Rule has said it and so have other coaches. Nebraska is a place where it's important to get people here because I think there's a misconception among many many people, not just kids, about what Lincoln, Nebraska looks like, what mm-hmm. Omaha, Nebraska looks
1: big like. Big farm, according. I mean, right. a lot of kids think it's just like right. the sticks. And then yeah. they come out here and they're always like, whoa. Well,
2: this is not the sticks, right? I mean, Lincoln is in the middle of a cornfield, essentially. But it's not. It's 300,000 people. Right, 300,000. And it's nice. I mean, Rule has talked about he was so struck by the Haymarket rail yard district when he came here. And you are. It's striking. It's, I mean, you got to kind of imagine yourself coming in. Um, to Lincoln and as you drive in what, what do you see Memorial Stadium off to your left in the distance you see this in, incredible Pinnacle Bank Arena and right away I think if you're coming in and you've never seen it, you're like wow I mean what are we
1: going into here you know you're going into a nice downtown area mm-hmm. you're listening here to the Husker Online show uh, Dylan Riolà. too I, I, I just think yeah. that angle never yeah. gets old I mean we will <laughs> we'll keep riding that one baby all the way um, but What's next? We know he's got other visits lined up. Uh, in fact, I'm going to pull that up on his on three page right now because he's got several more coming yeah, up, in, sure. in the works. Um, like right now, Chad Simmons, who has a great relationship with the riolas he has Dylan Riola coming back again for the red-white spring game weekend. So that would be interesting if that is indeed true, that he'll be here on the 22nd of April as well. Um, Georgia. He's there he was there this past weekend I didn't hear a lot out of that nothing really really came out of that he has been to USC uh, now twice January um, and then March 4th weekend um, then you go down to Oregon April 29th um, he's been out at Oregon as well so he will uh, be out at and Oregon and then Georgia Tech he was there last week too on on St Patty's day mm-hmm. Georgia Tech and the, the connection there is I believe the coach that was at Georgia is now the head coach of Georgia Tech. Okay. So there's a relationship there with that coach. Boy,
2: that'd be an upset special. Dylan Raiola ends up at Georgia Tech.
1: Tell me that wouldn't be a massive upset. I will not tell you that, because yeah. I will. Yeah. <laughs> but this weekend, um, you know, just get him back. And then around these other guys, like that's what's unpredictable about this weekend because you never know what kind of bonds are going right. to get created. Right. What if a bunch of these guys, and this is, I'm just being pie in the sky, glass, mm-hmm. very half full guy here. Mm-hmm. But what if a bunch of these guys are like, let's let's do this. Let's like, try this. Let's come here. Yeah. Like we could do this. Yeah. Like what if that happens? I mean well, that that's what you're ultimately like that these guys that are here all weekend hit it off and say mm-hmm. let's go come here. Yeah. You're giving mm-hmm. yourself a chance of that happening by getting them
2: here, obviously. That's the big thing. And I just I mean over if you're a Nebraska fan, I try to look at it through the eyes of Nebraska fans. You just like the aggression. And, and you understand. Now, we, you know what? We have <laughs> silver lining to the struggles of recent years. You kind of got an idea of what you need. You got a better idea of what you need. Nebraska, I mean, you don't win the Big Ten, I always say, with cute stories and, you know, guys that are overachievers. That helps to have guys like that on your roster. But Ohio State doesn't win Big Ten titles with overachieving Players, what, what do you see when you see them? What do you see when you see Michigan now? I mean, first they, round draft picks, first rounders, no Multiple. doubters, no doubters, <laughs> yeah, no doubters. So yeah, I mean, Stroud's going to be the first CJ Stroud, be probably be the first pick overall. How, how do you beat that team if you're if you don't have all Big Ten players? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it comes down to.
1: And rule. Rule's gotta move Nebraska back into that realm and it's not gonna happen overnight. No, and, and that's I think everyone wants it to flip overnight. I I think it's a step Usually by, doesn't. It's a step by step build though. I mean, like usually is. Can he I mean, and we're gonna talk about this till we're blue in the face, but can they take that step he needs a progressional step forward this first year to like get to a bowl leader. I mean, I, yeah. I just think and people scoff at that. <laughs> Sean, well, they don't scoff.
2: Some people say, "Don't put so much pressure on the coach." Ugh. Well, yeah. I mean,
1: they won four last year, and they had the lead in the fourth quarter in right. four of their losses. I'm not saying they have to get to a bowl, but
2: Rule himself talks glowingly about what he's inherited. All the people that try to say, and there's people in the media market that try to say, "Oh, he walked into a dumpster fire." I mean, this place was a this place was a train wreck. They can't how how do they keep saying that? Yeah, tell when, them to Iowa. Yeah. When yeah. Yeah. And how do they keep well, saying they that? Be at, Wisconsin How do you keep saying that when you listen to Rule? When you say when when you hear Rule say, These guys are tough. This is a competitive team. This team had a three point one two GPA. That's unheard, unheard of. Unheard of is what yeah. he said. Yeah. During a coaching change. But yet you'll still have people say, Oh no, he walked into a bad situation. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. I mean, they got they got a returning quarterback who's really good, eight guys back on defense that was playing pretty well at the end of the season. Not a train wreck. Now, am I saying they got to go to a bowl game? No, they don't. But but it looks like the type of roster that can win six. Yeah, I, or seven it's games.
3: not out of the question at no, all for them to go be. to a bowl. Like, I, I mean. I don't consider it putting it uh, like unnecessarily high expectations to say get to six wins. Right. And in today's landscape, you're not that far off. They weren't. For one. Right. Their schedule is not overwhelming. No. You know, I mean, you got some tough ones out of the gate. Tough ben. ones out of the gate. That's the thing. So if you can keep your head above water there, who knows? Yeah. But we'll see. So, Sean, I want to ask you. Brian wrote this in his 321 or his, uh sorry, three and out. Um, so he's been, he's been doing this for 24 years. That's about as long as you've been doing it, right? Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. Uh, of covering Nebraska football recruiting, and he said nothing compares to a visit weekend like this coming weekend Jeez. in his entire career. Jeez, would you go as
1: far as to say that? In terms of volume of visitors and five stars and number ones and four stars, yeah, I, I've never seen one like. You can't really have one bigger than this, I mean, and this is the. I biggest. don't know how you do it. any like, Bigger than I mean, this? What are you bringing? Fifty? I mean, twenty-six guys. That's twenty-six guys
2: incredible guys cool. that are coming 16, on their four own. Four or five stars. I mean, that's a recruiting operation.
1: That's just not real It's a recruiting seminar. I mean, (laughs) mean, it's going to be a convention over there on Friday. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's going to be insane. I mean, I can't imagine just the amount of work in that building that's Mm going to go on to put together a day on Friday to entertain these recruits, their families, Mm -hmm. and then they'll come back again on Saturday for practice, assuming they're staying overnight, which I believe most Mm -hmm. are, Friday. And they've even invited the recruits uh, Thursday morning. Uh, they can go to the workouts if they want. If they want, I'm sorry, Friday morning. If they wanted to go over to the 6 a.m. Uh, workouts, they're welcome to come over that early um, to see the team do their their meetings and
3: workouts. Interesting. This was asked in the chat. Like beyond just the normal visit experience, is there anything that Nebraska can do to like really put this thing over the top? People are asking like. You know, meeting Tom Osborne or st- that stuff doesn't like that. Matter. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just trying to think of like. Wow, Sean.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, ways that Nebraska
3: can really put this weekend over the top, given the significance we just talked about. You know, what more can they do besides tour the facilities, meet with the academic eh, team, I mean, I like create a culture, create
1: a bond, uh, g- create an atmosphere mm-hmm. for these kids to want to be with each other. I mean, that that's what they've got to do, and I know they're going to do some games and games. Um, like, they're going to eat, you know, their own meals and they're going to have like yard games and fun yard games. Things, things set up where yeah. guys can interact yeah. and yeah, play and have fun.
2: Yeah, you don't want to. Hey, and now what I would say, Rob and Sean, is you don't want to present your program as something that's not. So
1: just show them what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, family, I, culture. Right. Yeah. So it should be big and we're going to have coverage. Um, we'll have a lot of coverage. So uh, get on Husker Online Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Got the best guy in the business, Brian Munson. In terms of tracking down recruits, I've never been around anyone better than Brian at doing that. So just goes um, into beast mode. You just stay out of like Brian's that. way because he <laughs> will get a hold of by far the most visitors of anybody because he's done it for twenty plus years that way. Twenty four. And, um, and so stay on Husker Online. while we'll full coverage. We've got a great spring special too. Four months for ten dollars. Limited time special to get Husker Online access. So take advantage of that. Make sure you like follow subscribe to us here on youtube or anywhere that you can find podcasts thanks again for joining us here as uh, we wrap it up with another edition of the husker online show
0: thanks again for joining us this week on husker online your authority on nebraska athletics